Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is... Monday the 22nd of January 2024, this is episode 294, and we're having a better week than uh, Rafe and Curtis over at the Okada Shorts podcast, who say, what the hell should we do with our branding? <laughs> Such a good point. Yeah, they're fucked, aren't they? Um, can I suggest the Purocast? That's that's available. <laughs> <laughs> Suji Smile, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's actually pretty, pretty nice, I like that. Um, yeah, I guess they they're going to have some conversations, aren't they? Over there at the shorts. Um, it's, it's a sign. Well, Shut it down. No more podcasts for you. Pack it in. Yep, you're done. I mean, that's a sign, right? Isn't it? I mean, I would take that as a sign and be like, "Well, it was a good run, kids. <laughs> Gotta, let's pack well, it up." Was it? It was yeah, a it was. run. <laughs> it was a run. Oh. <laughs> Come on, they're definitely fifth. Sorry, they're definitely fifth, that. right? They're, they're top five, yeah. right? <laughs> hey, come on. They're definitely in the top five. Um, I'm kidding, of course. Everyone's great. Um, everyone's a distant second. It's okay. Um, look, we uh, what a week. What a wacky fucking week. And I'll go so far as to say not to toot our own horn again, because we did a lot of that. No, we no, did a lot definitely toot our own horn again. Let's do that. Let's All do right. another hour of that. Okay. Um, toot, toot. Toot, toot. Another podcast. I mean, we're just fucking cranking out the content here. Whew, you would think you were paying for this shit. God damn. Speaking of which, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. May we humbly recommend $5 a month. Hmm. Like seems, seems about fair for the brilliant stuff we give you every week. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, aside from this, that fucking Discord man. I, I mean, the people who whoever owns Discord, if you know, Discord LLC, they got to be looking at us like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ! The bandwidth you're using. Yeah, a lot of discussion. Uh, a lot of healthy discussion. Uh, plenty of unhealthy discussion. Don't don't get me wrong. It is our Discord. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a week! What a fucking crazy week! And the thing about it is, is you know, we do our show, and then it feels like we get reactionary text messages to our shows to kind of clear up information and to maybe add a lot more information and a lot more perspective and a lot more insight as to why things may have occurred the way that we believe they have occurred. And, um, 
needless to say, it was just another fucking <laughs> just you're just reading texts and your eyes are open and you're just shaking your head back and forth. Like what, what fucking planet are we living on? Like what, what happened? Right. And a text that made, made us think, are we going to need to record again? Do we need to do an emergency? Yeah. Addendum to the emergency podcast. <laughs> we, that, 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 those texts have gone back more than once to, uh, over and above the emergency podcast that we did. So, um, well, look, we're, we're going to get into it, right? We're, we're consider this like round three of the Okada, uh, Okala, Okala, Okala is his name, Okada saga. Um, it's it's crazy. So let's uh, we'll, sh- we'll again. If you were in our Discord, you you already know a lot of this, but we'll add a little spice and we'll lo- add a little bit more flavor, and we'll give you a little bit more of. Yeah, of, of you're, you're a victim of the psyop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. And if you're not, then um, again, some of this might be news. Some of this might be stuff that's interesting. Some of this stuff might be eh, you might hand wave it. Who knows? But what a what a week! What a week! You were mentioning off here about noodles. I had a delicious noodle dinner. Mm. Mali cooked uh, tantan ramen for us, which is one of my favorite dishes, which I don't know if you've had it. It's like a, it, it's a sort of Japanese take on the Sichuan Chinese dish of dantan noodles, which is basically noodles with a spicy minced pork and the broth is flavored with like sesame. Mm. Like a creamy sesame broth with spicy minced pork. It's delicious. It's it so does sound good. good. It does sound good. Uh, people are driving in their car and, and on and on the subway and you know, just if their earbuds in screaming, What the fuck are talking about? Noodles, man. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna open it with noodles. Um I made noodles this weekend as that was well. Uh, the, the very thick cut uh fresh noodles, right? So we have this gigantic uh, Asian grocery store that's that's near us that, that like not only Japanese and Taiwanese and uh, you name it I mean it, it, it there's sections for across I mean uh, India is represented and um, it, it goes on and on right it's and it's massive so we went there and uh, we just kind of bought stuff based off of recipes that we saw online and uh, via the YouTube. And uh, so I made this noodles and it was a chili garlic. Um, so I had ginger, garlic, uh, shallots, uh, and the noodles, of course. And then um, I forget the name of the, the chili powder, but it was like, I'm going to say gunum or it was like googleum. Gochujang? What was it? No, no, not gochujang. That's the sauce. Gochugaru? I think that's it. Yes. Yes, yes. So uh, that was uh, a main component, and it was f- and pork, like ground pork, fantastic. Fucking, I nailed it. Had the oyster sauce. I had the fucking. Is there a particular YouTube channel you're following for this stuff? Yeah, it's a white guy. You're gonna hate it. <laughs> it's a white guy making Asian dishes. Um, yeah, um, but you know, he's fine. Know what I like because he gets to the point. Like I fucking hate. When it's nine hours of the history of the fucking recipe, and I, I, I just give me the fucking recipe, I just give me the recipe. So, um, I'll I'll send you the link. You tell me. You tell me how authentic it is. How about that? You 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 would be have a a 
a, a, a better and a wider palette and B you lived there. So you would know. And, um, you're, you're fantastic. Mrs. What a, what a chef. She sounds like, Oh, what a, mm, what a joy. What a fantastic joy. And the mother of your children. Fantastic. Look at you. You are a lucky man. <laughs> you are a fucking lucky man. And know, right? she sings karaoke. <laughs> Boy, yeah. oh, did she sing? Uh, I was going through, you know, how you just kind of go through your phone and you get your uh, memories. A little memory came up. And one of them was of her, uh, what was it? <sighs> what was the song she was singing? Lucky Boy or? Oh, it was so good. She was just pipes like an angel. Just sings like an angel. <laughs> I'm just going to bite my tongue in. <laughs> what are you saying? What? You don't agree with me that she doesn't have a heavenly singing voice, Joe? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just, I always wonder if, not that there'd be any reason for them to do it, but if my kids were to ever go back and listen to any of this, I'm not mm-hmm. sure I'd want them hearing me slander their uh, their mother's singing voice. That's a good point. Well, I've implied that now, so I may as well go go ahead and say that. <laughs> it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. It's like fucking uh, cats in a blender. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I, you know what? I do wonder that too. Like if, like, I know we've said this a trillion times, but during uh, the COVID lockdowns and everything that went on, just like the, the history that it is, um, not even just from a wrestling perspective, but, you know, this is dad calling people assholes over the internet. <laughs> I think. I I wonder, just, if we put out enough content for some sort of AI to, successfully mm. and authentically replicate us. Oh my God. Imagine that. Even know what it would be. I know what I saw accidentally. I didn't mean to see it, but I saw it and it pissed me off for a good 15 minutes. But then I was like, oh, they got a point. Somebody said I have a, what do they call it? Laugh apnea, where I kind of giggle. And I, I, I guess that's what they might mean. Like I kind of just giggle at the end of things sporadically. <laughs> like I do right now. Um, and I was like, what the fuck that mean, man? Uh, I was like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you see, he, and, and the words unlistenable. <laughs> Listenable. Uh, no, they've they got a point there. Right. Uh, and then another one I saw, Joel, I don't want to, I hate when people do it to me, but I'm, unfortunately I'm going to do this to you. Uh, they, they called the great Joel, uh, Joel A, um, arrogant. Arrogant. Me. Yes. How how dare they? I know. I was like, of all people, you're not arrogant. Um and if you're gonna think that over somebody who does a fucking wrestling podcast for Christ's sake, my God. What a what a maniac you might be. <laughs> Lock you I've, up. I've got no time for the sort of false humility. Like, oh thank you. Yeah. Oh, we just we we're the best. We are. It's 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 very very clear. I don't understand why why it's just not universally accepted. I had a dream that we uh, we did a show with Dave. Big Dave came on the show, and we were talking about Okada, and he like broke some like crazy news. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember us being like, "That can't possibly be true." It was it was like, yes, he took a job and he is now in construction. <laughs> right and we're like what yep he is he's in the, he's in the labor trades you know it's, and it's dave you know talking like dave does and his fucking rambly fast 
you know, shuffling paper mode. Yeah, I had a dream that and he would that avocado oh, oh, went into uh, construction, building houses, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, there you oh, go. I found the text, that, the the thing you're talking about. Honestly, a pretty good podcast that is also unlistenable. I oh. think that might be the fairest and most accurate and best review we've ever gotten. To be honest, no, no. Look on YouTube. Look on the re- the last show, um, on YouTube, because that's because that's where I saw it. Because I was farting around on YouTube and it came up as a suggestion. I can always it's because I do listen a lot to our show <laughs> because I'm funny and you are too. Um, on YouTube, and that's where the comment was. So the last show, uh, if you want to find it, it's the emergent. Oh, oh, five comments. Wow, it's kicking off here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good, right? <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, this is you got good. it. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you know, luck. We try. We try to say goodbye, but we choke. You know who that is? Um, yeah, Macy Gray. That is correct. Good job by you. Joel with the fucking walk-off home run right there. Woo! Arrogance. It's not arrogance. It's brilliance. Yeah. I love, I love her voice. People say they don't like her voice. You know, those are probably the same people that say I have laugh apnea. <laughs> who say that? Yeah, it's, it's, she, she's got like a nice sort of croaky husky voice yeah like raspy and yeah it's unique i love a unique voice like i'm not a big fan of i have the pipes and i will hit every note on my way up and down but i hate that i like i like a unique voice thus uh i don't know i i just prefer unique voices thus like suede and morrissey and even liam and those boys, but uh, I like a unique, and she's got one. She's got a very and, and good voice. And dare I say, there is something incredibly sexy about her. And I don't know if it's just she's just batshit nuts that I like. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what it is, but there is something sexy about her, and I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I agree. There you go. I, mean, I guess Manly just walked I've in. I've not room. thought about Macy Gray for about 20 years. Well, I'm here for you. I'm here for Wait, you. Wait, no, no, longer than that. When was that? So, 1999. Yeah. 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 That's good. I like that one. I, what, what other one did she do that I really like? Oh, I forget. It'll come says, to me. I try. Beauty of the World. Sweet Baby. Sweet Still, Baby. Yeah. I like Sweet Baby. Sweet, sweet, baby. Love her. So good. Can we get Macy Gray on the show? Can we get Macy Gray on the show? We'll get Dave and Macy Gray on the show. <laughs> Round table. <laughs> that nobody asked for. That'd be awesome. That, that'd be fucking awesome. Well, listen. 15 minutes in. And uh, we still haven't talked about the meat and the potatoes. You want to get into the meat and potatoes? Yeah. Well, All right. let's, let's go back to, to the big man. Okada. Um, yeah. I have eight. Two. What? <laughs> God, that's oh. awful. I I have uh, I say one extended thought on one sort of addendum on okay. the Okada situation. When I say extended thought, this is going to be a long one, so everybody just sit down because uh, yeah, strap strap in. So we've been speaking to people as we always do from 
from many different perspectives. And, and let me preface this with a few caveats. Firstly, it is not uncommon for people to privately badmouth outgoing talent to us. Like, you know how it is. Like, well, seeing as they're gone, actually, they were a bit of a twat. <laughs> so keep, keep that in mind. Second caveat is that there's a very strong possibility, if not probability, that stuff gets uh, strategically leaked to us, knowing that we're going to run with it, possibly influence the fan discourse within within our you know tiny bubble of the fandom at least. So, you know, perhaps that's me overestimating the the tiny slice of clout we have, but I have to consider that as a possibility because it's it's happened before, usually a lot more clumsily and obviously, but it's happened all the same. So, take what I'm about to say with those two heavy pinches of salt in mind. Uh, so, hear me out, and if you, dear listener, think I'm either completely nuts or or a deluded New Japan shill or, or I'm being worked, then fair enough. Right? I'm not going to fight you on it. I just, I'm going to weave this fine tapestry and, and hang it up and people can react to it however they feel. Great. So, Love um, it. Yes. We we were told something about Okada that was, was quite shocking, quite surprising. And I took that to another source who more or less said that it tracks with their understanding of things. They, they were slightly more generous, but the core facet of the story remains. So, we were told two things about Okada. One, that he repeatedly told the office that he was staying. Now, that's on the office to, to a large extent, because at the end of the day, if he's not put pen to paper, then you got to prepare for the worst. So file that one away. The second and more, I think, explosive element was that Okada, and I quote, refuses to work with young talent. Right? So if you take that at face value, and I'm not saying that you should, Right, but let's explore that possibility because I did, and I found that it explains an awful lot of things that we were really scratching our heads over last year. So questions like, well, most obviously, what happened to the Okada versus the, the, the youth program? Why was there no payoff to the Kaito feuds? Why wasn't he in the, the G1A block, which would have made much more sense than Sanada, which would have set out months and years of future feuds? Why is he fucking around with the six-man titles? Why hasn't he been used to put over the younger guys? Why is he only having singles matches against uh, established names like Danielson and Osprey and Tanahashi? Why is there no sign of uh, a pass on the torch moment as he leaves the company? So I put it to you that 36-year-old Kazuchika Okada saw the writing on the wall, as you would say, realised that he peaked in terms of G1 wins and world title wins and Wrestle Kingdom main event wins and understood that his future value to the company was established in the next generation and thought, (laughs) <laughs> to a large extent, fuck that noise. Yep. So is it is it a stretch to imagine Okada being at that Muto retirement show at, at the Tokyo Dome back in February and seeing all that hullabaloo, all that money lining Muto-san's pockets and thinking, you know what? Maybe, maybe he's not wrong. I've got a wife and a kid. My body hurts every day. I'm not getting any younger. I don't fancy breaking my back for crap money to set up a bunch of guys who, who are going to take my spot. Some who, who don't even work for this company. So maybe he looked at Muta-san and thought, this is a guy who's who's taking care of himself and protected his image and been very selective about who he works with and, and who he puts over. He's got financial security in buckets. Maybe this is the smartest guy in the room. So that's a bit of conjecture from me. You know, I'm, I'm, give me a bit of creative freedom here. So I, I look back to those Kaito Kiyomiya interactions because I think they're really important. They, they may well have been the turning point here. And I'm sure like the broad strokes of that infamous tag match brawl, the kick, the kick to the face, were, were planned by and large. But I do now retrospectively wonder about that kick to the face and everything that followed, knowing what we know. So 
is it a kick that might be right up there with uh, Akira Maeda in terms of kicks <laughs> that changed the course of pro wrestling? The, the spark that lit this fuse? Probably not. It's a fun thought, if you forgive me, uh, that exploring that possibility. So then he's told he's, he's working a singles match with Kaito at the Dome. And like I said, all this for a kid who, who doesn't even work for New Japan. So like, do we think that Ghetto and the No Office are telling him to go up there, okay, you're going to have a 15-minute extended squash match with no future payoff? Right. Is it a stretch to imagine a scenario where Okada say, okay, fine, I'll wrestle this kid who's just booting me in the face, but Get it's 50 minutes, I'm barely, barely going to sell for him. I'm completely punking him out. So, you know, maybe Okada didn't much care for Obari's vision of, of cross-promotional collaboration and found himself wondering, you know, rightly or wrongly, why he was going through all of this to elevate another company's talent, which is a fair question. In hindsight, quite possibly a, a very daft, maybe even catastrophic thing to ask Okada to do. And, and it certainly explained why he reportedly hated Obari so much. So we move on. His next singles match is putting over Sleepy Sonata for the world title. His next singles match, he's been lying down for Brian Danielson at Forbidden Door. So, okay, is it outrageous to think at that point, he's like, oh, fuck this, and taking matters into his own hands, telling the office, look, my contract is up next January. I don't like this shit. We're going to do things my way or I walk. And that brings us nicely onto the G1 where we have that A block with Kaito and Suji and Shota Umino, Ren and Gabe and Hikolo. That would have made way more sense with Okada in there instead of Sonata. And, and in fact, most people actually predicted that block with Okada in it before it was even announced. Right. I have heard whispers from multiple sources that they pitched that block to Okada, a block that presumably would have led to multiple star-making feuds for years to come. And he said... That doesn't work for me, bro. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And uh, post G1 for the rest of 2023, uh, no more singles matches for Okada. He's put on ice for the rest of the year with a six-man belt. So, and do know who's getting the run from that. Who are his teammates for this great six-man run? And it has been a great run. Uh, young up-and-comers Tanahashi and Ichigi. Mm-hmm. You know, might have been nice to bring one of the kids on that ride instead of a team with a combined age of uh, 131. But, but there you go. So my question is this. Has... Because it's got a card that's shown any willingness to help get over any of the new generation. Like, can you point to a single memorable example where he's, he selflessly worked to make Shota or Ren or Yuya or Suji look good? Because, like, they've stepped to him, sure, but has he given them anything? Like, he's barely even wrestled anything aside from a few tag matches. And there's a nice little quote from his Tokyo Sport interview yesterday, which, you know, there are various different translations out there, but he says, uh, I can tell you one thing about the future of New Japan. It's not a chance, it's a crisis. The next generation can't just think, oh, this is our chance. They have to step up and save the company, which makes you think, right? And, and mm-hmm. Yuya, I think, is a particularly interesting person to look at. Um, right, Yota Suji, his excursion send-off match is a singles match with Naito. And usually that stuff with New Japan, very, very intentional, very carefully crafted. So as soon as Suji returns, he's immediately recoupled with Naito. He's put it to LIJ, presumably to set up some rich long-term storytelling there. Yuya Uemura got his send-off singles match with Okada. And I spent plenty of time on this podcast speculating on the significance of that. Since he's returned, there have been two interactions between Okada and Yuya Uemura, an eight-man tag and a six-man untelevised tag. And Okada's been on the winning side in both. Now, I admit, right, this part of it, I'm going full tinfoil hat, but right. just the win of the, the Yuya Just Five guys landing and, and the lack of uh, one of these young guys being in chaos does make me ask big questions about it because I don't think that was the original plan. And I think I know why. And I don't think it's because of Yuya. So, uh, I, I don't think the original plans from the, the booking committee were to have Okada completely avoid these guys with his contract running down and the very real possibility of him leaving. So... We, we look at this final singles run 
Battle Card is having now with Danielson at Wrestle Kingdom, Osprey at Battle in the Valley, Tanahashi in Osaka. And I think that tells you a lot, right? I am betting that Okada had plenty of say in that, if not outright dictating it. And who are the last guys that Okada's put over? Danielson, uh, Forbidden Door, Osprey in the G1, and Naito in the G1 final. And I would be very surprised if he's laid down for anyone else in these final few matches. And like the Tanahashi match, that, that makes narrative sense considering their history and you know the Rainmaker shot roughly the same time of the year. But don't let that distract you on something I, I talked about last time we recorded. The real story here, what is that match replacing? And it's the never six-man title match where Kosei Fujita probably getting his big moment, which has quietly been bumped to Korakun Hall. Do we think that's a coincidence? Do we, do we think the office wanted that? Bearing in mind the Osaka show sold out ages ago and what this Okada Tanahashi match is like the fifth match on the cards and probably going to lead into some big angle. Uh, I think Andrew on our Discord said, you know, there'll probably be like a house of torture beat down and that will be one of the final matches. Or maybe, if reports are to be believed, and again, this is something that has been told to us, Okada didn't want to give Fujita his moment in Osaka. Uh, and look, don't hold your breath for Okada to be eating the losing fall in that six-man either. So we've we got two matches as yet unannounced for Sapporo. And if one of those matches is like Okada staring at the lights for, I don't know, Shota Umino, then I'll take that as everything I've just said being pure fantasy or a change of heart at least. But my money is on that final match being a big emotional loving with all his chaos buddies, uh, make no mistake. You know, Okada, Tanahashi, Ishii against, I don't know, Goto, Yoshihashi, and Yamu, right? That's that, that's my shot. That's what I'm calling now. Wouldn't even shock me if that ends up actually being the next guys to get the, the never six-man titles if he can politics well out of losing to uh, Fujita and, and his TMDK team. So um, last thing here as well, notice no big press conference about his departure, as you might expect for a, a departure of this significance. Now, again, as we have been told, it was discussed. It was discussed, but apparently... Mr. Chairman said, fuck that. He's leaving. <laughs> fuck him. Yeah. So, again, make no mistake. They, the company, I feel, are, are holding their noses and playing nice until he's gone. But there's some very real resentment here. And, again, this is not me absolving the office entirely of blame. There's plenty of fuck-ups on their part. If they really wanted to push these kids, there were lots of other, other guys on the roster who would have happily done it. So, we're not giving them a pass like, well, I kind of won't do it, so I guess we can't push them. Right. So, they, they, they don't get a freebie on, on failing to elevate any of those guys to the required level. That is still malpractice. The, the blame lies very much at the door for that. But you know, if we're talking purely about Okada, I cannot accept that the plan for the booking committee for post-G1 Okada was to fuck around with the number six-man titles and avoid the young guns like the fucking plague. Yeah. Right, with these big stars, it's always a negotiation, isn't it? Like, do we think Tony Khan is ordering his top stars around and telling them exactly who they're wrestling and, and who they're jobbing to? Because there's plenty of evidence suggesting that is not the case. So, uh, you know, if you're wondering why the office would indulge him in all of this, his contract was up. He had all the leverage. Yep. Uh, and I'm not sure what else they could have done without making it into a, a massive public scandal. And you know, I'd normally be more than happy to hold their feet to the fire because, you know, like I said, Lord knows they've, they've screwed up in plenty of other ways in, in recent years with no rhyme or reason. But I don't think this is one of them, right? Like I said, the only option is hold your nose, put on a brave face, pretend it's all good, smile and wave until he's gone because Okada's got a lot of fans and presumably you want them to keep watching the product and buy tickets after he's gone. So that's that's my piece, David. Like, and, and listeners, don't take my word for it. There's a fairly good chance that someone in the companies play me like an absolute fiddle, knowing that 
if they fed me these little scraps that I would spit this uh, elaborate narrative and, and attempt to poison the fan opinion against Okada. And if that is the case, then quite frankly, I'm flattered and happy, <laughs> happy to go see my head with it. And you know, quite frankly, I've done such a great job of making some of those really bizarre shit in, in 2023 make sense retrospectively by, by <laughs> painting Okada as this pantomime villain. Now, I'm in too deep now. And you know, to some extent, I'm having a bit of fun here with the nuggets we've been given. And, and I'm not even necessarily criticising Okada. I mean, maybe a bit, but at the end of the day, you've got to look out for yourself and your family. I respect that. However, if you do believe some of what I've just said, maybe Okada leaving isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, look, um, so I'll give my take here. The the conversations that Joel discussed, um, I was in most of them. Um, there were some side ones that I was in with other people, um, and we would share back and forth with different conversations. Um, look, we were told, and I, more than once, that the company was as as was described, they were blindsided by this um, to the tune of he would, he was talking out both sides of his mouth, one side to the company. Yep. I'm sticking around. I'm staying others to maybe friends, people he works with that my ass is gone. Right. So we get both sides of this. Now the, the one thing that has me leaning toward more toward than I ever have of, yeah, the company was blindsided is this, the, the idea that Okada gives notice, I don't know, maybe his mind was already made up before Wrestle Kingdom, right? Let's just say, let's just call it before Wrestle Kingdom, his mind is made up. He's not going to go to the office and say, I'm leaving, right? Why would he? Because he's still under contract until, what, mid-February? I mean, and that means he's going to do or be asked to do and somewhat forced to do what we have described and what he does not have any fucking <laughs> want to do. It's just... That that's the consistent narrative is that for all of our hour bitching and moaning about rocket ship to the youth, put get now let's get let's get going here. What happened to grumpy Okada and beating up the kids? And we know. Let me take that back. We have been told numerous times that that is the case. Okay. So let's just take that and say. If he gave any type of inclination to the to the company that he was leaving, um, he's going to be asked to do that because that would be the smart, logical thing to do. And when we would sit here and say, oh, I can't believe they haven't done they have. They absolutely have. It's just that their hands were somewhat tied with this one particular person, right? Who happens to be not only the most important wrestler in that promotion. But arguably, all of current Japanese pro wrestling. All right. So now he gives in the official paper. His mind's already made up, but he gives the official paper paper to the office on that Thursday. Um, 
and they scramble, right? They're like, okay, well, what the fuck do we do now? In the sense of we got these cards, they're booked, right? We got to change them up. And it becomes, okay, you know, the the Okada celebration tour where quite obviously he's not putting over anyone. Now, I did a little history check and I did a little, little, little homework, Joel, in preparation for this fine broadcast. Went back and looked at comparables. And in my mind, a comparable would be a person like Shinsuke Nakamura, right? Uh, a person like mm, maybe even Kenny Omega, uh, maybe even AJ Styles. Me, and, and, and they're not, right? And they're, they're, I, to me, all of those people that I named are even a notch below. So I would have to go to like, you know, Ricky Choshu, <laughs> maybe, um, in the level of importance to that era's pro wrestling. Nobody's putting anybody over. The idea and the and and the want that and the logic that we have talked about for months, the reality is nobody does it. Nobody does it. And in fact well well one person does it, but we'll Jay come White. to him later. Jay White did it. That's not who I was thinking of. That's not what I'm thinking of, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was really the one that I could come up with, like modern times, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then if you want to go back into the 90s, if you want to go back into the 80s, like it just is a rarity. It's more rare than anything else. And then if you want to incorporate other promotions and the like, like sure, you can come up with guys like Cena or I don't know, but I'm talking about a big time massive important star putting over well, let's call it a, a young gun it just doesn't happen as often as we want to believe it does like the, okay can i jump in with my example can, yes. and, and celebrate this man yes hiroshi tanahashi who made arguably made okada who he is by being selfless and and going with that long-term view to the rainmaker shock and all that where you know, were the roles to be reversed, would a card have done the same? I don't know if he would. So maybe again, let's just take a moment to throw some flowers at Tanahashi, He's a guy who, in his prime, went out of his way to make this guy who just returned from excursion look like a star. I, and I agree with that. And that, and I would say this too: that I, to me, um, I was going to say that they're comparable, but it, they weren't comparable at that time. So correct. But I think where the, the company was in, and desperately in need of that big time, we can't rely on foreign talent to be the superstar, like to be able to plug in two guys that are pure New Japan. Um, you know, I think Hiroshi Tanahashi saw the money in that and saw the value in that where, you know, what, what Okada sees is the money and the value somewhere else, right? Um, but no, I think I think that's a fair, fair person to put in that list. Um, but Kenny didn't do any of this. And again, I don't think it's a fair comparable thing. AJ didn't do any of this. I feel like it's a fair comparable thing or, or not really a fair comparable thing, but okay. He was world champion. So was Kenny. Uh, Shinsuke, pff, nope. And again, go on cage match. 
you know, set the date of, okay, this is when they started with WWE. Okay. Here's where they started, whatever. And just go backwards, go backwards. I mean, fucking the intercontinental title was put on hold for a good month, maybe even a little bit longer with Nakamura left as intercontinental champion. Remember that? Like he could have lied down to anybody to give him the, that that rub. He didn't do shit. He got he got carted off on Okada's shoulders, leaving Corrigan. So, you know, it's not the territory days where you know the guy that was in Memphis is now going to fucking Ganya, and he's going to job on the way out. Like it's just it just it's not there. I mean, the proof's not there. Um, so, so in a way, you know, Okada's smart, not in a way he is smart. He, he's protecting his own assets. He's protecting his own. He's making sure that, you know, his name is not besmirched or dinged up or anything to the new Japan fan. Um, and he's going to go. And right now I, I have to imagine that there is a legitimate bidding war going on. Right, because to, as we sit here today, we still don't know, and there are arguments to make for both sides of him going to one of the, these two promotions, AEW or WWE. And that's, I mean, that, I mean, when you have that situation, the, the the you just you just keep adding zeros to the check. It's, um, yeah, he played it smart. He 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 played it smart. Now, I know in pro wrestling, nothing is forever, right? Um, we've seen this countless times with CM Punk, uh, Ultimate Warrior, Bruno Sammartino, uh, Billy Graham. And again, I'm giving you all WWE because they're really... But even in, in Japan, Ricky Choshu is a, uh, an example. Um, I wonder how this impacts his relationship with the office when his time is done making his money, right? Do you see him back in the new Japan, not necessarily in ring, but in some capacity with new Japan, when this is all said and done, I, I, like, as I sit here right now, Joel, I have doubts only because the wounds are so fresh and people do feel fucked over. Don't get me wrong. There is a feeling of that motherfucker. There is that feeling. Um, have you, have you seen the photos of, recently come out of him and Tanahashi and Shibata all having a lovely dinner together. Wonderful. I'm sure they're all talking about business, right? <laughs> I'm sure of it. I mean, that's great. Look, <clears throat> there's no one. <clears throat> Sorry, I kind of breathed in and a wrong pipe. Um, I hate throwing around the word deserves. And, and, and entitled to do something. But if anybody's going to pull something like this, I mean, he does have the the, the clout to do that. Um, and dare I say he deserved the right to, to do this. He can kind of dictate what he wants. It's not what I wanted. I, I don't think it's for the benefit of New Japan at all. But he's like one guy that can... That can do that, and he, and he and he played those cards. I just wonder what that means after this. After he's got his money, after he comes home, 
What does that look like? Does that does that fence get mended? And people ask, well, Tanahashi, was that done because of, you know, to kind of influence Okada to stay? I'll give you a definitely maybe, but here's the thing. Um, it's again, it's not like Tanahashi sitting in a fucking office with a bunch of Excel spreadsheets and pie charts, you know, trying to balance the books. He, again, eventually he'll get to that part, maybe. But to sit there and say that he's like the president, okay, in in yes, he is. And every day he takes on more responsibility of that president role. But let's put it this way. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. It, that, that didn't work. That wasn't enough. So here we are. We have uh, the feeling that Okada may have been somewhat diva-ish, dare I say, when it comes to working with younger guys and younger talent and helping establish them as stars. Two, he did something that, quite honestly, has been done throughout the history of Japanese pro wrestling. He wouldn't be the first person to not put people over on the way out. And three, we, we as a New Japan, we um, know that they are with uh, losing two big stars very close to each other. Um, and they're going to do everything in their power to try, at least you would think, to go and make new stars without them, because that's the only option they got. Imagine if this is all like a massive work, and like we get an angle with Fuji's a pissing a card off so badly that he says, "All right, that's it. I'm staying. Staying to do with these <laughs> punk kids and launches into the, the hottest views of the decade." <laughs> I tell you what, I was I was talking to um, Fraser on the Discord, Discord Fraser, who pointed out. How funny it's going to be when AEW fans think that they're uh, free from the tyranny of CM Punk, and they, you know, they've got their lovely harmonious locker room, only to have Kazuchika Hogan <laughs> rumbling in, presumably riling up the Bucks for more locker room brawls, <laughs> drop kicking Tony Khan's off his door off its hinges when Tony asks him to work with someone below the age of thirty. So, <laughs> got that to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure he's going to be, he's going to be happier than a pig in shit, you know, wherever he lands. He'll play nice. He'll play nice. Oh, no doubt. And here's the thing, too. And and I don't know the answer to this, but it feels like and it seems like. Like, he's been around more American wrestlers and more American shows and and more, you know, like like he, of anybody, like he kind of knows the lay of the land. And the, and the thing about it is, too, is that he knows his value, too. Right, he knows his value. So and that's that might even be more ominous, right? When you know your value and you know what you got and what you could get, that's a scary person to be, right? You got a little power, you got a little stroke on your way. Um all right, so that's that's what we know. That's where we go. I'll tell you what, I did joke about this in the Discord, and I was joking, so please don't fucking Go bananas here. Don't get don't give me a banana sandwich. Um you know, one of those fucking six mans. <laughs> all you all you gotta do is put him in a fucking, you know, get let let him put you in a scorpion deathlock, and then somebody just comes behind. Wham! Fuck! <laughs> Eat a fucking eye. And then wow, 
you might be you might become a star yourself. Who knows? So uh, I'm telling you, keep keep an eye on Fuji, sir. He's, he's the one to watch. Yeah. Let me. All right. Or maybe Mad Mikey. Mad Mikey's gonna fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> drop him on his head. He's like, I got what? Maybe three years left in this fucking business. I'm 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 going for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cashing in. I'm gonna be the new Bob Sap. Um. But you know, stranger things in pro wrestling have occurred, right? I mean, and and for what apparently might feel like less. You know, if you've got a little chip on your shoulder and you're like, oh, you don't want to fucking put me over, huh? Oh, you don't want to work with me, huh? Oh, you think I'm a... Okay. Okay. Sounds good. And then, what? bam mm. Again, I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I'm not going to say whatever, but <sighs> stranger things have fucking happened. Let's put it that way. And if I'm him, I don't know. There might be, there might be times where I'm lying up in bed looking at the ceiling thinking, hmm. What if I did this? What if he doesn't lie on his back, Damon? He's he's scared of someone coming in and sneaking a quick pin. <laughs> he goes to sleep on his front. I remember those little videos. It really is uh, liger. Liger. He was a practical joker. All right. Um, so, anything else on uh, good old KO and what we know? Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to read a tweet from a Japanese fan. So this is uh, at Ming Four Chang. And again, I'm not saying that this fan is a representative of the entire Japanese fan base writ large. So, you know, it's not a monolith. I'm just going to read it all the same because it was quite thought-provoking. So, uh, Ming Fo Chang says, NJPW and its fans do not wish to bind talented individuals with low wages due to a weakened yen in a country where the GDP is falling below fourth place. This sentiment is rooted in the national character as Japanese people love success stories and aspire to heroes like Shohei Otani. While talent outflow is detrimental for corporations, New Japan is confident that nurturing the next talent while generating profits as a business rather than sustaining losses by paying salaries that do not match the revenue earned from promotions, as seen with figures like Tony Khan, is the correct path. Bushiro played a crucial role in branding someone like Okada as the rainmaker and elevating him to stardom. The entertainment preferences of the Japanese differ. When heroes go abroad, they often become entities that fans are satisfied with merely reading about on news sites or occasionally watching free clips. Fans consistently pay to watch matches between familiar local heroes in Japan. This trend is evident in the Japanese market, where the audience for J-League and NPB continues to grow, while the viewership for European football leagues and MLB in Japan remains stagnant. Despite the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic under Bushiro's leadership, NJPW has steadily increased its revenue. This success can be attributed to Obari's efforts in recovering lost customers due to COVID-19 and securing various sponsorship deals with different companies. Additionally, leaders like Kidani and Tanahashi are planning to increase audience members by organising spot events overseas to boost revenue while emphasising the importance of increasing travellers to Japan. They also mentioned in a Japanese magazine interview that in the near future, they plan to construct and own a dedicated arena, Inoki Arena, larger than Tokyo's Korokan Hall. So um, I thought that sort of put in a nutshell the kind of sort of stoic attitude of like, this is all part of the process. You know, people... the, the you build up a superstar, they become a hero, then they go and the fans are sort of content to hear about their exploits from afar, but they're going to keep turning up and enjoying the, the home promotion in spite of the superstar having left. I hate it when you bring intelligent discourse to this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's say. Make me feel like a dope. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that's, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. And that's and that's 
the reality it feels like. So yeah, like New Japan just didn't see the value in offering Okada. Like maybe they couldn't, but they they just obviously didn't see the value there. Were so they may be happy to let him walk away. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it all, but that's just that, that's an alternative perspective. Because Multiverse says, what's the best way for New Japan and other Japanese promotions to combat the drop of the yen, making American companies even more lucrative? And I don't, I don't think they can. Like, I don't they think just they, can. they cannot compete with that. So yeah. maximize the utility while they're there. Always make sure you're training the next generation of talent, and that's it, really. You know, I this might be unrealistic but i think that there needs to be once again a a a different system and a different method of them holding on to talent and it's almost like rookie contracts and it's um you know where you get a certain deal for a certain amount of years when you first start and then you negotiate your second deal um it's the unfortunately it is the third and the fourth deal but maybe I don't know. Maybe it's uh, when they reach a certain age, then then they can go. Or I don't know. That does kind of defeat the purpose of the, the independent contractor mindset that pro wrestling has. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to it. I don't know. I don't know what what that looks like. That idea of being able to cover our asses when you know there is that the idea of money to be made elsewhere. Um, I, I, look, it, to me, it's worrisome um, if you're a fan of Japanese pro wrestling, if you're a fan of New Japan pro wrestling, and even if you're a fan of, of a promotion like NOAA or All Japan or whomever, right? Because you always have that in the back of your mind of, okay, if, if this particular person takes off and gets super red hot, you know, it's kind of like we don't, we want you to be great, but we don't want you to be too fucking noisy about it. Can you keep it down? You know, it's kind of like, you know, I hate to say it, but it is that little gatekeeper mentality of here's, this is my favorite band, you know, and uh, now all of a sudden they got to themselves a little bit of a minor hit, and all these people that you really can't fucking stand <laughs> are now listening to the, your favorite band that you fucking wallowed in the mud with. Um, there is that. There is that feeling. Um, and I think o- o- Okada himself outgrew that. Right? Don't get me wrong. Like he was beyond that. As we, but there. Trust me, there is that thought of. Hell, there's there's that thought of people who are just die hard, you know, grimy indie indie Japanese pro wrestling that don't want a fucking thing. To, you know, they'll sit there and watch hours of of Big Japan and completely hand wave anything going on in New Japan. Why? Because Big Japan is theirs. You know what I mean? It's it's they found their hole. They found their 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 they, you know they fit right in. That's what they like. It's what they enjoy. And some of that might be because it is a little bit different and it is a little bit off the beaten path. But if for some reason Big Japan Pro Wrestling got you know, just massively red hot and uh, it turned into this promotion where everybody felt like they they needed to watch and then all of a sudden 
two fucking white guys decided to do a podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know if, if you're sitting there as a fan of Big Japan, I don't know. You'd be like, what the fuck? What's happening? This is, the, this is my thing. Um, I, Joe, I don't know the answer. But, yeah, it's, it's concerning, right? It's concerning. Few questions about what happens to chaos. So William says, "What is Okada leaving to do to chaos? The chaos leadership, other than a lot of people going, oh, Okada was in chaos.'" And Yoshihashi explaining what chaos is to Okada. Bash says, "Random thought. Okada dips, so there's no more chaos, right? Doesn't seem anyone taking it over. It's been dead for a while. Just the nail in the coffin." Uh, Wrestling that says, "Hear me out. With Okada out now, could it be finally time to not disband chaos, but to make it stronger as the new cool heel faction emerges, led by none other than motherfucking Tomohiro Ishii? This heel run of his life leads him to a cup of coffee with a big boy belt." Um, I, I would pass on that last one. I, I think. <laughs> Doing that would reek of uh, desperation. I think the idea, the, the the plan should be the young guys, not the guys who are pushing fifty. So, um, for, I think Kels should disband. I mean, if we're looking for someone to take that mantle, maybe Oiwa. I mean, he's been kept out of all this. Um, I, I still think, you know, my conspiracy theory is that that spot was prime for Yuya, and it, you know, didn't work out for the reasons that I've explained. But yeah, I'd say Ty's probably right to get rid of it. I'm okay with that if that doesn't that means we don't now split her into into three more factions, right? Out of the one. Like that's the last thing. Chaos black and gold. Right. Right. I don't I don't want to to have three more to, to rise from the ashes from one. Um look, truth be told, does, did anybody really think chaos was a thing anymore? Aside from Rocky Romero. Right? It's just it's uh I don't know. I, I mean, it didn't feel like hasn't felt like a thing in a long time. Uh, that being said, is it dead with Okada gone? I mean, here's the thing: it is an opportunity, and it is a a, a nice built-in way to get you know get some juice behind some people, and get some get some energy behind them. Uh, it it could be a a nice little resurrection spot for somebody. Um, I say, keep it. I say, keep it because my fear is by breaking it up. You just, you now you're just making more. Nobody wants more of anything. Um, but let's, let's, let's use it as a, as a vehicle and a tool to help someone rise up. And, and I think there's plenty of names that can fall into that. Okay, Jay says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much is the Elite slash AW to blame for this current downfall? Um, we'll find you, out soon. You cannot <laughs> deny that um, AW has just gobbled up New Japan's uh, Western market share. And that pipeline of all the top indie talent that WWE hadn't signed yet, you know, that's, that's affected them, sure. And now it's accelerating that process we've talked about before about Western person starting to catch fire get themselves over a brush with uh, stardom and then not not the promotion stardom but the, mm-hmm. the concept stardom but um yeah i mean i'm, I'm not sure i'd use the, the phrase to blame but it is a major factor in things being the way they are but the yeah i mean you look you really didn't have to worry about vince right vince had no idea what new Japan was, let alone he had no idea what Japan was, let alone new Japan. Um, you know, I was never really worried about Vince. 
when Vince left uh, or was asked to leave or whatever you want to believe, um, yeah, of course, you know, you, you hear about Uncle Paul and how, you know, he's a little bit more open and a little bit more willing to explore the different paths of pro wrestling to find new talent and new stars. We all know Tony Khan's a huge fucking fan of pro of of pro wrestling in 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 all of its forms from Watts's Bill you know, Watts's Bill Watts Watts's uh, Mid South UWF you know you know he's a massive fan of that Memphis as well ECW Arena he was there uh, you know and of course you, you know his love of 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 Japanese pro wrestling. He's a billionaire. He he owns and his family owns and he works for and he's you know in a in a, a very important um, department in in that organization. You know he, you, you you there's only a handful of people that own NFL teams. And if you own an NFL team, let me be very clear. You think this wrestling money that they're throwing around with TV rights is something? You ain't seen nothing. You ain't seen nothing when it comes to TV rights for the NFL. It's silly, silly money. You're a pro wrestling fan, and and Dad says, "Okay, go go do what you want. You got your you got your Premier League team. You know you got this. You like the wrestling? Go for it, kid. <clears throat> Here you go. I would do the same fucking thing. I hate to say it." I would, I, this is, this, he would be following every, at, well, you know, I wouldn't be signing half the people that he would sign because I'm not a fan of theirs, but the people, the, the wrestlers that I was, are you kidding me? I'd be fucking knocking on their front door with a bouquet in one hand and a fucking eight ball in another. <laughs> Whatever it took. I don't care. I'm signing them. Right. I'll write the check. Daddy's money. Let's go. So. I, I can't, I, as much as I want to blame him, I can't blame him. I'd do the same fucking thing if I, if I were in his shoes. And let me tell you, there are a lot of people that are listening to this. You fantasy book, you got your little things, you got your, your, your fire pro wrestling, and you got your, all of it. What your, 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 what was that, TEW, and you name it. You do the same fucking thing. If, given the opportunity. You do the same fucking thing, and that's not a fault because I would do it too. I'd be, oh my god, I got a boner just thinking of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be able to do that, um, yeah. Okay. I'll, I mean, I will also say this, if 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 I may, and I've said this before, and I, I have, and I trust me, I forget where I heard it, and if you told me it, I don't. I, I'm, I apologize. The hardest thing, the easy thing, is booking and coming up with the ideas and the creativity and all right, this show, this will happen, and then this guy, and then this will happen, and blah, 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 and then six months later, we're here, and this TV show, we'll book this guy against this guy. We'll, that's the easy part. The hard part is getting people to agree to do that, the wrestlers, right? That's the hard part. They, as We're living it right now. New Japan, I... I I want to give them more credit than maybe I did in the past of having a game plan and an idea and, and what's right 
thing to do for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm going to give them more credit than I have been. Um, but that, with that said, that don't mean shit unless the fucking wrestlers go along with it. Um, and once again, I will say, and, and Joel, you are a thousand percent right. This doesn't all have to fall on Okada's shoulders. The problem is, is that there was the possibility of him going. And until he puts his name on the dotted line, you ain't got shit. All you got is his word. And as much as we want to talk about honor and the lion mark and the history and all of that, I don't mean shit. It, it, and I will say this. It means more to us than it does to a ton of wrestlers, right? And I'm not saying that, that that's necessarily Okada, but not for nothing. Here we are. Right, especially when the, the value of your paycheck is going down the toilet yep. because of the, the yen yeah. collapsing. So, um, again, you know, I was having a bit of fun at the start of the podcast with um, the information we're given, but I don't, I, I don't blame Okada. I'd have probably done the same thing. So, you know, especially when you've got kids, you, you've got to put your family first. So, there we go. Life goes on. Um, Daryl says, to me, this is an all hands on deck time for the company. They need new talent and need to get them over. Having said that, and with New Japan of America basically being a dead promotion, what do you think of bringing their talent over regularly for tours? Lawler, Rossa, Tito, of course, maybe even Kratos. These guys have been loyal soldiers for years and they surely deserve the tap on the shoulder in these trying times. And surely there must be some grads <laughs> for the Farley Tojo ready for the call. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, mean, I would love that idea, but I don't. I don't think New Japan seem to have a huge amount of money to be splashing around right now. So I wouldn't hold your breath for that, even though I do think it's a good idea. I do too. But, and, and once again, I would agree with you. Like if they, if they thought they had a diamond in the rough or, or a potential superstar, don't you think they would have bit already? Like they just don't see it. Or at the very least, they don't see it enough to even bring the fucking guys over. You know, World Tag League. Okay. I mean, the, the, yeah, they can barely see it enough with the guys that they do have over there right. working for them week in, week out enough to give them offers that they're satisfied with. Right. And I hate to be Mr. Fucking, you know, doom and gloom on that. But I mean, that's I'm just going by what we've seen. Like if they thought they had something in any of the names that you mentioned and any others that, you know, would fall into that same category, I, I think they would have bitten. And I, and I think we wouldn't be having a conversation like this, but I mean, they, they apparently don't at least not yet, but I don't know what they would need to be convinced of it, it um, and be sold on that idea if they haven't already. Morning Progress says, what's the best way to balance the looming panic cause of needing to accelerate the main event building of their young talent with a need to give Naito a proper run in his final time with the title to not anger the hardest of hardcore fans they currently have? Uh, Mr. Flanagan says, outside a show to Umino, who is most likely to win the G1 at main event Wrestle Kingdom 19. Azurario says, gun to your head, pick the next possible two guys to win the G1 and main event Wrestle Kingdom 19. That would lead us into this new era of NJPW. So I've lumped all those in together because I just wanted your thoughts on how you personally would book the, the world title scene over the next 12 months. So we've got Naito with the title at the moment. Okay. Honestly, as a Naito fan, for me, the, the fun is in the chase and seeing him get that moment. I, I would like to, him to have a substantial run with it, but I'm not going to be putting my foot through the TV if he were to lose it soon. And, and 
you know, I don't know how long it's going to be. And I, I think a lot of Naito fans would probably feel the same about that. But um, yeah, uh, how would you map it out? How long's Naito hold of that title for? Who's your G1 winner? What's your Wrestle Kingdom program? I think right now, as much as we want rocket ships on, on guys, I think there is a, a definite need for stabilization. And Naito does provide that. Um, and as much as we want to talk about how banged up he is and how this is probably his last run and um, all of that, he still is probably in, 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 in more of a way than even Hiroshi Tanahashi because Naito can still go when tapped on the shoulder. Um, and by the way, that's trademarked. Anybody wants to do the tap on the shoulder thing, that's mine. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, I heard that on a broadcast, maybe. Um, the I, I, it's stability, and I think I think he holds on to it at least going into G one, and and you know what? I would have zero problem, Joel, if if you told me right now he's your champion. Um. Until Wrestle Kingdom. I would have zero problem with that. Now, in that time frame, are we also giving guys big wins? Maybe New Japan Cups? Look, every year we sit here with New Japan Cups and G1s and we're like, well, this is the year for this guy. And this is the year for this guy. And, you know, I don't want to be the wet blanket, but it's never that year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's never that. Um, so... I think while you can, this is a different time, and dare I say, I would I would love the um, the new way of thinking a little bit, maybe rushing things a little bit, maybe stepping on the gas a little bit harder for a lot of these guys. Um, Naito is champion for the year is stability, and let's build up those other studs that we have. Should we utilize Zack Sabre Jr. more? Absolutely. Like, he should be a huge factor in New Japan this year. Because why? He's a stabilizing force. He's a guy that has that reputation of being a guy. And and there is a level that he, a ceiling, so to speak, um, that it would not be a bad idea to have him cross that threshold. Another guy, Taichi. Why not? Let's let's fucking see what else we can do. Um, maybe with that, you know, maybe I don't know, challenging Finley. Who knows? Finley's another guy that needs to to step up, like in a big fucking way. Um and then we work on the young guys and getting them really picking up solid major like life changing wins during this year to make them legitimate so that when the year ends and we're talking about a dome, we have main events, semi-main events, and all of that where guys are being plugged in to those roles and away we go, right? I think that's the course. Yeah, for me, if I'm thinking top three guys. I'd, I'd be looking at Wrestle Kingdom main event next year to be two from Naito, Shota, and Suji. Because to me, 
Shota is pretty much there. Suji, a little bit further behind, but we'll get there. And to me, those two are far and away beyond uh, the other people in their class, for the time being. Uh, and I don't think anyone else on the roster has that star power, that star aura that I'm attributing to Naito and, and projecting upon Shota and Suji. So, you're completely um, done. You're completely out on Ren. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be the top guy, no. or a guy. Maybe not the top guy, but a guy. Because I know a he's guy. struggling. Look, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and 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 say, "Yeah, he's you know, it, you know." Nobody's he's, nobody's doing that. Yeah, uh, it's appropriate. He's in House of Torture. I think he's. On a similar trajectory to evil. Okay. Can I can I throw a name out at you that I was thinking about the other day? Um. What about a guy like Show? <laughs> I mean, he's going to need a new coat of paint, right? He's got to get the fucking house of torture, you know, stink off of him. But let's just say that. I don't think that's. I don't. Think no. That's going to happen. No. Okay. Like his little, his little touch of his little cup of coffee up there in that New Japan Cup didn't get you a boner. Mini sugar routine. It was fun. Yeah, I, I liked it. I just, I just don't think that get, they're going to pivot away from House of Torture as much as some people would like them to. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so Yoda Suji, Ren. No. Yuya? Yeah. He could get there. I just think just I there was a sort of haunted look in his eyes for the first few weeks of his re-debut that made me think, what is what's happened here? Okay. And I think there's a story behind that. I don't know what it is. I've speculated on it. I think he could get there, but he he's not at the level of um, Shota and Suji. Can he get there by the end of the year? Uh, not in his current position as the what the the third tier heavyweight in uh, just five guys. Right. Okay, I mean it's fair, it's fair. And Ren, we got that that that's a long term project, right? Yeah, and I've, I've mentioned before, I, I, I really hard Fujita, but I think he's probably going to be positioned at first at least as a junior. And Oiwa, really interesting one that he's been given this sort of non traditional excursion working over at Noah, so. I think he will be a really interesting guy to keep an eye on when he comes back. Okay, but 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 they're well behind the crop that we have right now, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shota's pretty much there for me, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a name I'm going to throw out, and we've been snake bitten by this name before, but it is a name that the company seems to trust, and while he might not be a favorite of ours to say he's not an important cog in the new Japan wheel, I think it would be kind of uh, just overlooking the obvious. What about Sonata? Uh, All right. I uh, Talk to me. If it were up to me, I'd be done with him as a world title Realistic world title option. 
Okay. The odd challenger, sure, but in, t- in terms of winning the, the the big belt and main eventing your top level shows, not for me. To me, he dropped the ball massively when they gave it to him last year, and um, yeah, I, I think there's better options out there. I do too, um, but again, if we're looking for stability, if we're looking for just kind of a you know kind of. Keep... I don't think we are though. I don't want stability. I want, want excitement, yeah. excitement, and, and risk taking, and something fresh and exciting. Like we could do stability with you know Sonata and Shingo and this guy, that guy, who we've you know gone around the block with plenty of times. But um, let's be bold here. Let's take some risks. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Trust me, I am. But uh, no G one win. I'm calling it. Okay. Okay. One of those. One of those guys is is a G one winner. Okay. That's fine. All I'm saying is this. Do we need, right now, in 2024, do we need to have the heavyweight title be the focal point of these youngsters getting that rocket? Is there a secondary title that would do the trick? Is it the new global title, wherever the fuck that is? Um, the never title? Is is there something else that can, that can do all that? Like, can there be just fucking madness Underneath the world title picture, or do you are you just saying let's just go balls deep and fucking go? No, I, I I'd be up for that. Some sort of sort of stratification of these youngsters, where maybe if Shota is the guy where the trajectory is world title picture, that maybe for the time being, Suji is plugged in just the level below. You know, maybe we have some like extended Finley versus Suji programs for that global title, right? And then. Maybe the next guy is tussling for the Never title, whoever that may be. Right. So, um, All yeah, right, then let me ask you this. Uh, how confident are you? Yeah, how confident are you? And again, we're sitting here fucking fantasy booking like we do all the time. How confident are you that this company is going to do anything that we suggested here? <laughs> Where's the evidence, right? That's <laughs> not what I said with the whole Okada thing. Putting Okada to one side. They were very, very slow, very conservative to pull their finger out and, and do something. Yep. Because this is, you know, the classic New Japan, slow, long-term booking. I think we are close to getting to that point with Shota because he's he's lost enough. And the same with Suji, to be honest. He's eaten a lot of shit in terms of sort of kayfabe losses. Yeah. So I think we must surely be reaching the point where they're like, okay, they've, they've done their... Sort of, oh look, this this young kid has got all the enthusiasm and energy, but not quite put it all together. Like we, I think we're reaching the end of that journey. I hope. I hope so too. But again, like I said, and and you brought up the point, this doesn't all fall on Okada's shoulders, right? Oh, no, absolutely not. You know don't, I mean? don't misunderstand me. I'm not giving the a company a pass for that. Right, right. We have plenty of time to do other things with other people that might be a little bit more interested in doing something like this, but. Would it have been beautiful with Okada going out the door to have that work and that communication between the company and the wrestler to make that work? Absolutely. Again, history might not have been on our side with that. Fair enough. Um, and, you know, I just don't know if it, if it would have the same impact. It probably wouldn't, but it would have impact with whomever, right? That could have been Goto, right? That could have been, I don't know, fucking... There's a million names, and, and why beat a dead horse? But um, yeah, 
I don't have confidence. That's the. That, I think Osprey that's Osprey my... would have done it. Osprey would have done it. They, that that's a, a right. Will Osprey just put over Josh Alexander in Impact? He's right. almost certainly going to be putting over fucking Michael Oku in Rev Pro. So do you mean to tell me that they couldn't have had Shota or Suji, one of them, beat Will Ospreay in one of those matches towards the tail of the 2023? No. And I think that's not the company. I think they didn't want to do that because they wanted to have Ospreay going into this fiddly thing with Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I don't know at what point that became a three-way, but Will Ospreay is a guy who I think would have had absolutely zero problem putting over anyone, anyone on their roster. I think he would have done it and he would have... Made them look a million bucks. Yeah, I would have. I would. Have, I would love to think that at least, right? I would love to have that in my head because because it, it the perception is there. Um, but you know, who knows? Maybe maybe he was a problem too. I again, there's been no indicator, and nobody has said a word. It's funny because you know, look, Okada is Okada, mind you, but nobody said a peep about Will Osprey, right? And and issues or problems or uh, challenges or I mean, look, we've had people talk to us and say that he's you know, <laughs> you know, kind of he's Will Osprey. Let's put it that way, right? Right? right. He's just you know, okay. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, but you, that's one thing we haven't heard is that he would be like, oh, I'm off, bruv, <laughs> putting him over. Uh, yeah, that ain't happening. We haven't heard that. Right, we've done one hour and fifteen minutes, and I don't really have the energy. Neither do I. I gotta. I, you know what? I'm glad you said that. I gotta. I gotta get something to eat. I gotta talk to my wife. I gotta find a job. Right. I got all this. Can I rush through? Can I rush through Nagoya? Right. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll Please. Speed, By speed run it. By I've had. I've, I had notes for the. Undercover. Oh come on, yeah. Joel! Please, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through it. There's not there's not that much there. So okay. we had um, Shaman Kato, Katsuya, Morishima, time limit draw. First match they've had together. Seems to me that Morishima uh, is being positioned above Shaman Kato, even though it did go to a draw. He was he was very very close to getting the win, but um, it's pr- probably going to be a back and forth thing. But um, they're both quite little. I expect them to be genius but um, it's always fun watching those guys coming up uh we had Honma and Shota against Yujiro and Ren so uh, Shota has new white tasseled trousers not sure about those I did prefer the pink tights but um yeah Ren needing a Yujiro cane interference spot to beat Honma is the sort of thing that makes me think yeah maybe you're quite in trouble <laughs> maybe this guy's yeah <laughs> and i know they're just sort of trying to like uh, literally bash us over the head with like yeah he's a heel but it'd be nice to have a, a heel that doesn't cheat i know we had that sort of with the genesis of united empire there are no longer heels but something to think about um i i really enjoyed the 10-man tag with united empire and bullet club yeah. um i have questions about francesco akira's future not like whether he's going to stay with new japan because i think he is but uh, is he going to stick around at United Empire? I think there's sort of maybe little rumblings that TJP Ooh. might tell on him. I saw someone doing Uzwang law that the Uzwang will bite whoever's in the vicinity or something. So maybe maybe that's going to be something where Akira is like the, the scapegoat, not the Jack Perry scapegoat, but he's, something happens at the end of that cage match where he is um, 
kicked out of the faction or something. Um, there was a great line from Walker Street. He said, most loyal of the Filipino cryptids. Like he's got a, a ranking chart for the loyalty of the various Filipino cryptids. He does a lot of homework, Joe. He does, he's, a very, he he's a very studious young man who uh, wants to get every angle covered. So maybe he does have that. There was another great line he came up later in the show. I'll save that one. Uh, I do have contract concerns about Gabe Kidd and to a larger extent, Hanare. I, I, my feeling is Gabe's going to stick around. I think that with those Bullet Club war dogs and all the contract stuff, it's been, if you'll forgive the pun, a, a lot of bark and no bites. I, I expect them to stay, although, yeah, if Gabe leaves, I will be upset. I don't think he will, though. Um, Hanare, though, I, I've, I would be upset if he goes because I think there's a, a lot of upside there and a lot of exciting things that he's enough to see slotted into that never overweight scene. But um, well, the good th- the good news is, is that he hates the United States. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, I don't know, man, because from what I understand, WWE are quite aggressively recruiting. Um, yeah, a lot of Indonesian uh, Indonesian yeah. people to that they maybe can plug into the uh, this um, what you would call it? What is it called? Life. Lifeblood? No, not lifeblood. What's the fucking angle oh. called? The one with Roman Reigns. Bloodline. It's it, called it? the Game of Life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about the cage match in Osaka. That's going to be great. Yes, um, there was a good finish here with um, David Finlay power bombing Callum Newman and sitting on his head, which is Ooh. really good. Uh, not really that much else that was interesting to be honest. I'm going to skip ahead to the KOPW provisional match, the Ishimori ring fit match, which I thought was very funny. I thought it was just a rib on Okan to get him all gassed up because he's you know doesn't look conventionally in shape. But um, the the finish of it was quite funny. Although I wasn't aware that belt acquisition was the the criteria for winning. So when he put his hand on the belt, they're like, "Oh, Okan's won." I was like, "What really?" Um, that was quite funny though. I enjoyed that. And I'm glad Okan has got KOPW because I think he might be able to do some fun stuff with it. I do. I mean, I, I guess I do too. I mean, it's something for the poor guy. Um, I didn't understand the fucking rules. <laughs> I, you, you had the same reaction I did. I was like, wait, what? Did I miss something? I mean, and trust me, it felt like it was changing every 10 minutes um, of what exactly I was watching. Um, but yeah, but that was weird. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I'm sure we'll, we'll have more wackiness. I, I'm very curious to learn if it actually is like, do the participants actually have a say in like, are they going to someone and saying, Hey, I got this wacky idea. We can do that for this match. It's uh, I don't know. We'll pull down our pants and fuck. And I don't know, you know, uh, and shove pineapples up our ass. <laughs> you can have that one if anyone who's listening right that's free that one's free listening. One. oh great Ocon pineapple up the arse stipulation match right. we'll do a gangbusters right uh, like what I mean I wonder if they if they actually do I don't I've never I've never thought to ask but um, maybe if somebody who's listening can can give us that information that'd be wonderful We'll put out a breaking podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then we had the, uh, oh, Christ, the Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship match with EOP and Hikolo defeating Chase Owens and Kenta in 21 minutes. That felt like about 50. Um, I want you to uh, describe the, our conversation that we had off the air yeah, about this on. match. Good. Say exactly what we were talking about. Uh, we both watched it, but weren't sure whether or not we'd watched it yeah. and forgot who won the match and have absolutely nothing to say about the match. <laughs> exactly right. 
It was on my TV. I remember looking at it, uh, and uh, I have no recollection of it whatsoever. <laughs> like the men in black thing where they flash the white light and you immediately forget everything. Yeah, exactly. That's what the was. Was. There wasn't anything offensive about it. It was just boring, and boring is therefore bad. And, and look, if you don't like the Chase Owens and Kenta tag team, then uh, unfortunately you're, <laughs> you're probably going to be seeing uh, a lot more of them this year. So um, very real threat that they are going to win those IWGP heavyweight tag titles. So, Well, look, I'm, it's about time Chase Sticky. earned that money. About time Chase earned that money. <laughs> 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 Whoops. I got it. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, main event, never open weight championship match. So, went to a two minute 34 second no contest and then they started up again as a lumberjack death match which went 80 minutes and evil one via evil to become the new never open weight champion i think we all know what this was going to be going into it your mileage will vary depending on what your tolerance level is for house of torture i quite like them so i thought this was quite fun i expected it to be full of shenanigans of bullshit and interference and it was and they got me with a few of the near falls and you know me and all the other discord freaks were hooting and a hollering like we i thought there was a possibility that tabatonga would win and then vacate the belt you know everything that we've talked about about guys refusing to do business on the way out uh tabatonga fortunately is not one of them uh so there was that near fall where he got his his finishing move and then dick togo pulled the ref out of the ring i was just like oh that, that got me so i had a lot of fun here i, I thought it was a, a decent match for what it was and um yeah, strangely emotional for mm. me seeing Tabatonga say goodbye because he's not my favourite and, and I've said multiple times, and I stand by that, I think he, he really hit his ceiling in New Japan, but very well-loved by the, the the home fans yeah. and held down the fort very, very uh, bravely and, and nobly during COVID when a lot of guys were just refusing to go over there. Yep. Sacrificed a lot for the company yep. whilst... He had a very young family to be looking looking after and, you know, seeing his daughter's first steps over FaceTime or whatever it was. You know, I, I, I feel that and I respect that. So for all the shit we've talked about, Tabatonga, I think he did a, a lot of good for the company that will probably get forgotten and hand-waved. But I think it's important to take a moment to, you know, celebrate him and, and acknowledge his history, you know, being one of the Bullet Club OGs. And, um, you know, maybe even if, if he had his big hot baby face singles run not during COVID then who knows how it might have been different it's just unfortunate that that happened right in the middle of the clap crowd stuff um, so now I, will I think it's the right time to move on yep I agree a thousand percent sorry, sorry to step on you there no go ahead um, <clears throat> I do agree with everything that you said and I'm going to say this too for a lot of guys like he's the poster child of what am I going to be doing in New Japan? Like, here's a guy that was in that promotion for the longest time. Again, tag champs, long time. You know, singles title here, singles title there. But never really became what I think everybody wanted to say, right? Um, and I think that he represents a lot of people's concerns of, okay, I, I've spent a lot of time in New Japan. What? Where am I going here? Where am I going? What, did, where, what does the company see in me um, and and me moving forward? Uh, give me a letter grade in his entire time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'll give you mine. Uh, B minus. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to okay. say the same. Good. We're on the same page. There we go. Uh, I, oh, yeah. The quote I really enjoy from Walker was <laughs> evil smoking that Tavatoga pack, which just made me burst out laughing. That was extremely funny. Uh, Derek says Tavatoga is taking Tongaloa with him, right? I don't know. I've not heard anything about Tongaloa, actually. I, I've not thought to ask. It's been out of sight, out of mind with me. Uh, Rabo Slamping says. What are your thoughts on the Nagoya show as a statement following the announcement of Okada's departure? It may not have been the best foot forward. Huh? I thought everyone was working really hard and, you know, they had the right energy about them. I, It was not a card built to get you like, yeah, f- you know, we're so back. Um, again, I enjoyed the main event, semi-main. Blech, um, yeah, so I do I do echo your sentiments, Rambo Slamping, but at the end of the day, I wasn't expecting them to completely reshuffle the card at short notice just because Okada's leaving. So yeah. um, I thought they did. It, it was a, a a relatively inoffensive watch, but uh, there's there's better stuff around the corner. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the quote that I can use um, when it came to like the feeling, like the general temperature of what people are feeling in New Japan right now. Um, I'm just kind of reading. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. Um, there, there is anxiety there. Um, and another quote we were, at, uh, well, uh, it's a lot of, well, what now? Um, and let's see here. What else I can give you here? Uh, I guess that's good for right now. Um, so, I mean, again, I don't think that I don't think the mood was we have to go out here and put on the greatest pro wrestling extravaganza we can. I think there was a little bit of let's let's get to the other side. <laughs> I think there was a lot of that. Right, La, well, yeah, uh, we've got a couple of Korako and Hall shows coming up. Uh, probably one of them would have happened by the time you listen to this. So uh, we've got Tuesday, January 23rd at Korako and Hall. The top two matches, we have a, a, a singles match between Master Watto and Sho, and then we have a main event is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. So I'm fully expecting Despi to retain here, although I am sort of looking at that Watto and show semi main event and thinking, you know, what's yeah, yeah, what, what's what's going on here? So possibly show winning that and then challenging Despi afterwards after Despi has dispatched of Kanemaru. But um, you know, they, with all the history that Despi and Kanemaru have got being decorated junior tag champs for a very long time, uh, it's always a match I look forward to, and they're going to get plenty of time. And with a Korakuen crowd behind them, I'm sure that's going to be uh, a really fun one to watch. Yeah. I mean, look, we said 15 minutes ago we were wrapping it up, bro. So I'm going <laughs> to uh, Yeah, and then uh, Wednesday, main event is a singles match between Shota Umino and Red Narita. Uh, I mean, probably going to be full of shenanigans. I expect Shota to get his win back there and, you know, maybe build up some of that uh, all-important momentum going into New Japan Cup. He could be a, a, a dark horse, well, maybe even a, one of the, the favourites for that. But uh the interesting one here is the semi-main event, the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championship match with Ishii, Tanahashi, and Okada defending against Fujita, Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols. Yep. So here, I am hoping and expecting 
Fujita to get his big win here. And a nice little treat for Shane and Mikey for all the hard work that they've done to not a great deal of fanfare. So I'm expecting TMDK to win. And I think Fujita is may, very, may well pick up the fall here. And it could well be over El Presidente Tanahashi showing <laughs> Okada the right oh, way to do business. Okay. How, how do you see this one going? See, here's the problem. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is Okada's last Cork and Hall with New Japan, correct? Uh, that is a great question. Let me check because there's another two coming up the following week. So that is uh, Sunday, February 4th and Monday, February the 5th. And if I'm going through the cards on that, I am not seeing Mr. Okada on that one. Okay. And on this one, I am not seeing him either. Okay. That's a problem. So you could be right. That's a problem. Oh, yes. I'm sweating now. Fujita's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like, I can't see a title change. Okay, so if there's a title change and he gets the win, whatever happens after the bell rings is going to take a, a bit of steam out of that win, I would think, right? Uh, because the focus will then be, goodbye, we love you, kiss the mat, cry, get carried on somebody's shoulders. Uh, motherfucker. Are, are we in agreement that if the Chaos team win, that's Okada's politics, his way out of doing the job? Then. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. Right? <laughs> right? So, and unless they change some cards and do some, you know, something to, to fucking fix that issue, I mean, could he lose still? Yes. Could, could there be a title change? Yes. But I kind of don't want that. Like, I don't want a guy like that to get a big win and especially pin Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like, that's not many people get the chance to do that. Chase Owens aside, right? <laughs> not many people get to fucking do that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how we feel about that. Because, once again, this is going to be if 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 this is his last Corrigan, how ca- how could you how could you do that? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a very exciting one. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have uh, lots to say. Emergency show next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's my there's my last shoots on Okada. <laughs> It goes full Hiro Matsuda and breaks Okada's leg. Aww, that's what I'm saying. You know what? Let fucking one one good kick to the orbital bone. You're a megastar. Do it. Do it. Do it. Shoot on a motherfucker. All right. We don't. We're not promoting violence here. Please. Um, all right. How we feeling? We're good. We're feeling all right. We, yeah. All right. I've got a yeah. question that he demanded to be put at the the front of the show, but uh, we'll save that for next time. Okay. Oh, Antonio. Ah. Poor guy. You want you want to squeeze it in? Let's do it. It's at the end. He's. I'm, I hope he's okay with the format change. Um, he is going to be furious, probably. But listen, let's let's be angry <laughs> as Kazuchika Okada went asked to work with uh, Young Ted. So, all right, I'll ask it. Antonio says uh, Bushiro did a very good job in reviving New Japan after Yuke's part of the season it's happened. But my question is, has Bushiro's time as New Japan owner run its course? I know they did well with New Japan, especially Okada leaving. I feel their time has run its course as owners. So do you think 
we are likely to see a change of ownership of New Japan in the not too distant future. I just want to hit stop right now on that answer. <laughs> yeah, hit stop. Let's do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, look, Bushiroad's not selling. Why would they? they they're not going to sell. And um, and not for nothing, who's going to buy, right? So, uh, you, and I will say this, Joel, we we do not want Bushiroad selling to anyone at this point, right? We need, like when we talk about stability, we need stability here, right? Nobody's buying, nobody's selling. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Thank you, Antonio, for your patience. All right. Thanks, everyone else. Very now. Bye. Music. It's not just part of our daily lives. It's part of our wrestling fandom as well. And it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in. Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. Hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.